Welcome to GreenRewind.com, or actually Green Rewind. This is our podcast, and this is Marty Schupak from Valley Cottage, New York, 27 miles north of New York City, about 14 miles north of MetLife Stadium. And on with me tonight is Ralph Schrager, right in the heart of Boston. Ralph, where are you the, tonight? The enemy territory, let's put it that way. Okay, you are uh, up in Massachusetts. Ralph, let's start right in. We might be joined by Ray Clifford a little later on, but we could start in with um, one thing that you and me are probably a little more familiar with than uh, Ray because we're older. Paul Rochester died um, this week. Paul Rochester was a part of the, um, the uh, Super Bowl team, and I didn't realize this, Ralph. Even though he was born in Michigan, he was brought up in Long Island. Yeah, I, I'll talk about that when I uh, get a chance. To... Yeah, and well, why don't you start, and then I'll throw it right. right now, okay? Well, well, one thing I have to say, Marty, is, I mean, a lot of these Jets from the Super Bowl here are dying. we got to win another Super Bowl pretty soon because it's, yeah, it's getting yeah, old, yeah. Uh, as far as Rochester goes, yeah, he's from Long Island, Nassau County. There's Ray, my favorite Buckeye. Hi, Ray. <laughs> We're joined by uh, Ray Clifford, uh, from uh, Marysville, Ohio. Ray, we just started to talk about uh, Paul Rochester. Ralph's giving okay. us a little bio on him. Go ahead, Ralph, continue. So, yeah, from Nassau County, where I'm from, and uh, actually he went to the same high school as Vinny Testaverde. And uh, in Nassau County, which is about a million people strong, every year they gave an award for the best high school player, one player out of all that million people. And he won it in 55, I believe, just to give you an idea, some of the other players who won it in the 50s, Jimmy Brown, John Mackey, Matt Snell, our own brother Matt Snell, DeBrickershaw won it uh, in the 90s, I think, or the 2000s. Anyway, so Rochester, was, was, he was an athlete. He was a very good athlete, went to Michigan State, and uh, he played 10 years in the AFL. Uh, only a few players played in all 10 years in the AFL. Actually, that's pretty good. And, and uh, Ray, you did follow the AFL at the end, if I do remember, right? But you are a few years younger than us. Yeah, the AFL was, uh, <clears throat> the AFL was in its final years, basically, when I started watching football and paying attention. So the Super Bowl is still, <clears throat> while I remember it, the Super Bowl is a, vague memory and that's like the last year or so of the AFL. Wow you're younger than I thought right. <laughs> right but let me talk about a little bit what I found out about Paul Rochester. Um, he had the only sack in the Jets Super Bowl and it was a sack of Johnny Unitas but going back Ralph he was also a tremendous lacrosse player on Long Island and as you guys both know there was another tremendous lacrosse player on Long Island also by the name of Jimmy Brown. Yeah, who won uh, that same award that uh, yeah. as I, I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, he was the best, Jimmy Brown. Uh, yeah, tremendous lacrosse player. And I'm just wondering if they they ever really uh, played against each other. I didn't have time to look that up. That would be interesting. Yeah, they were a couple of years apart, so I, I'm not sure if they were to cross paths. Yeah, but Rochester, um, he um, like I said, he had a sack of Unitas, but. Earl Morrow was the starting quarterback, and coincidentally, he played with Earl Morrow at That's Michigan right. State, yeah. which was interesting. You're right, Ralph. He is one of 20 players to play all 10 years of the AFL, so that's a nice achievement. And um, also, unfortunately, though, 
he was happy that his kid brother got to see the Super Bowl in person. His kid brother, right after the game, he ended up going to Vietnam where he got killed. So that's a, a kind of a negative of plot on his, his life. But he ended up having a very successful business career after that, after his time with the Jets. He used his degree in actually, I think it was forestry, to open up some sort of roofing and real estate company. And he, apparently he did very well. So uh, as you said, Ralph, they're starting to drop the, a lot of players from the Super Bowl team. And uh, we'll have to keep track of this uh, moving forward. Um, now, one thing I want to go in briefly, we're going to talk about the defense. We're going to try to evaluate their, the Jets' defense in the upcoming season, and we're going to each pick two players who we think um, might be, I guess, maybe undervalued or have a, a, a real surprise year. But before we do that, it came out that um, Sam Darnold is kind of going to host a, uh, like a Jet South down in Florida at one of the athletic centers which I think is a real good thing. He's having most of the players uh, in the skill position show up. Le'Veon Bell is going to show up, which is great, and all the receivers. And um, I, I, Frank Gore is going to be there. And I think this is great for bonding. And I would love somehow – I wish I could be invisible and sneak into that and just watch those practices. Because I, really... watch, I love watching these NFL quarterbacks throw – when there is nobody rushing them and, <laughs> and no defenders. It's unbelievable. Well, yeah, that's especially when you're a Jet fan. Uh, it's nice. With yeah. the offensive line they've had the last few years, it's always a pleasure to watch that. Yeah. Ray, do you have any memories of Mark Sanchez and Jets West? I don't know if you remember. <laughs> what yeah, I remember that. And that's what I thought of when you, you uh, sent that uh, message saying that Darnold was having that uh, group come down <clears throat> i remember him doing that I, I thought it was a good idea back then too i just think it's especially with uh, how things are at the moment as far as them not being able to practice and things i think it's real important that sam gets some uh, some time to you know gel and bond with some of these new guys and, and and just get things maybe on the same page before they get into camp i'm kind of nervous because i it was all over the news that there was a little bit of an uptick with the coronavirus and I'll tell you, uh, I'm missing baseball right now, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to football. Hopefully, we're still on track for the training camp to start uh, at the end of July. Manish Mehta came out. I heard him talk about that a lot of the teams are considering going in a week earlier just because they never had the mini camp. So uh, that's, uh, that would be really good. Talking about Manish Med, I just want to bring up one thing. Uh, we know that without sports, it's, it's tough on these sports writers to have topics. He's come up with a couple of um, topics. Um, one was Logan Ryan, and the last one was, uh, I guess it's Kyle Long, this offensive lineman who retired from the Chicago Bears. He said that he was talking to the Jets. I kind of hope that it goes no further. Long has denied it. I really don't want the guy to me. He, he really hasn't played a lot of football the last two or three years. So I'm hoping that there's no truth to that. Ralph, what's your feeling about this? Well, I agree with you, but I, I don't think there is any truth to it. I've heard more denials than, uh, and I, I think he's just, just trying to, you know, create a hot take myself. Ray, what's your take? Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't uh, 
doesn't happen. I, I think we went through that with Khalil last year, and I don't want – and Kyle Long's had injury issues. After his first few years, he's had uh, he's had issues with injuries, and he hasn't played a full season, I don't think, in a couple of years. So I don't want to – I don't want to bring in a, another guy that might last part of the year and pay him big money. And, really? I mean, let's face it. If the guy could play, the Bears would come on, on their roster. Uh, and, and he did come out and say he's a bear for life. I want to defend Manish Mehta because I, I think the guy, he has a good pipeline into the Jets. And I follow him very closely, whether he's on his, uh, the radio or reading his column. And just two things I want to bring out. He, he said before the draft that look for the Jets to draft this punter from Texas A&M in the late rounds. And he was right on the money. And um, he also uh, said that they had an interest in James Morgan before the draft also. So if you really follow him, you'll see that he comes with some um, positive things and some um, tips. And he's one that will tell you that he's very competitive with the other sports writers, whether it's uh, Rich Cimini or Brian Costello. He always wants to get a scoop. So I do think he has sources inside the uh, uh, Jets Front offices, I don't know who they are, but uh, I kind of like Manish Mehta. I kind of like all the Jet Beat writers, to be honest with you. Those three, I think they're terrific. So let's move on now. Let's talk about the Jets' defense, and um, let's talk about the players up front. Ralph, why don't you start? Let's go through it, and let's give me your uh, opinion on, on how they're going to do as a team and individually. Well, I mean, last year, last year, Marty went up front. They, uh, gee, their, their rushing defense was about second in the league, I believe, uh, which to me was, you know, really surprising considering the personnel. Uh, Could I just you know, interrupt you for a second? Yeah. That I heard that their rushing defense uh, yards per carry was like one yard below the league average, which was unbelievable. And somebody said it's some ridiculous record. So, excuse me, Ralph, continue on. No, I mean, their numbers were <laughs> – I mean, considering the year that they had, and it, it was surprising how good their defense was statistically. Now, you know, statistics only get you so far. Uh you know, I, I think that uh, Fadakesi and Quinn and Williams are two guys who can take a big step this year, become better, much better players. A lot of potential there, a lot of upside. Uh, you know, I, I think Henry Anderson, I'm not expecting a lot from Phillips. Kyle Phillips, I think, can improve too. Uh, I like that, you know, McClendon, I think, I think Fadakesi will take over for him. I think McClendon will be a nice backup. But uh, I think their run defense should be pretty good. Right, and the way they're set up, it doesn't seem like that their um, run front uh, defensive line, they're not the best pass rushers, too, but they're very good at not getting pushed back. Uh, Ray, what's your thoughts on the Jets' defensive line? I thought the line was, you know, the, the one good thing about our defense last year, and, and I think that's a lot to do with Greg Williams and his uh, scheme that he runs. Uh, he's he's moving guys in and out all the time. He's switching back and forth uh, between three down and four down. I think where we start having issues and where we're hoping to see a jump is in the is the, from linebacker back, especially obviously the DBs were almost uh, 
pathetic at times. Uh, we had a couple guys who played well, um, but I think in general, I think the defensive line is what carried the defense through the year. And that rushing defense was a lot of why, because when you're giving up that, that little yardage per, per run that they averaged, which like Ralph said, is a little bit deceiving. It wasn't really that dominant, but it was solid. But if you're not letting up a bunch of run, that, that makes the teams more one-dimensional and it makes it a little easier to defend them. But our DBs were so bad that it didn't, you know, it didn't help a whole lot. But I look for the DBs to be uh, uh, improved and uh, <clears throat> the linebackers hopefully as well. And, and hopefully uh, we drafted a, a guy who can maybe get some pressure off the edge, which we've been looking for for about a decade now. Yeah, my take on the line is that I think they're going to be solid. Uh, I happen to agree with both you guys when we spoke off the air. You, you suggested a free agent that might want to sign would be Snacks Harrison. I think he would add depth, which they already have depth. I agree with Ralph. I think uh, Fadakazi is going to end up being the starting nose tackle. He had a tremendous year last year. He was a uh, pro football focus, gave him a, a great rating. Still having McClendon on the team is a, is a good thing because he'll give us like between 10 and 20 snaps a game, and he's a great locker room guy. <clears throat> Henry Anderson, to me, um, I, I'm not 100% sure about this guy. I'll tell you why. Two years ago, he was very good, and we spoke about this, Ray and I did. Last year, he started out good, but I thought he disappeared the last eight games. So I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, on the other side, Queen and Williams, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, but I think we're going to have a good year out of Queen and Williams. Moving back a little, uh, second team, like Nathan Shepard ended up having a couple of pretty good games towards the end. And they have a guy... Uh, John Franklin Myers, who they picked up, I think it was from the Rams, who um, I might be mixing him up. I think he actually sacked Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and stripped him of the ball, which he got back. But he, he looked like he was an up-and-comer, and all of a sudden the Rams uh, cut him. The Jets picked him up, and he got hurt in October. He might be able to show them something. Uh, the only other player that, you know, I like is Kyle Phillips, who I thought played very, very well, but I thought he hit a defensive wall. Uh, I'm sorry, a rookie wall, like after seven or eight games. And he, look, we spoke about it. Uh, give McCagden credit. He's an undrafted free agent. I believe he's from Tennessee. And he played solid football for the first half of the season. Uh, let me start with the linebackers. I'm going to go through it uh, quickly. Zaninga, the draft pick, it's a big question mark. You know, he has a, a great push off the ball, but let's see what he could do with the um, with his teammates. Mosley, it came out this week that he should be ready to play. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. This guy's a tremendous inside linebacker. If he's back to his old self, it, it's, he's a great player, and he'll make everyone else uh, in the linebackers great. Avery Williamson, we have to see he's coming off an injury. Uh, we've spoken about him, whether he's going to be back on the team or not, but we'll see. Jordan Jenkins, he had like eight sacks, but I, I kind of, you know, I like Jordan Jenkins, but those sacks I thought were more a product of other, other players driving the quarterback near him. 
Uh, I don't think him as a huge sack leader in the NFL. Um, moving back, I just want to mention a couple of his names. Terrell Basham, who I loved. I mentioned to you a couple of games he was all over the field. B.J. Bellow, I'm surprised he's back on the team. The Jets picked up this guy, Pat Onwasuwa. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> you, I'm glad you tried it first. Yeah, but it's interesting because when he was a linebacker with um, uh, C.J. Mosley, apparently he was phenomenal. But when Mosley signed with the Jets, they let him uh, – he, he was the Mike man on defense, and he was horrendous, and he got worse and worse. They finally let him go. So he might be something this year. We'll have to see. And um, moving on, frankly, Luvo, I don't think he makes the team. The other players, Blake Cashman, he looked pretty good up to the Patriot game. James Burgess, I like. We'll talk about him later. And – the wild card is a guy that Ralph likes, the undrafted free agent, Bryce Huff, uh, who's listed as a linebacker, and, you know, he'll probably line up as on an edge. It should be interesting. I, he's one player I can't wait to see. So, uh, Ralph, why don't you give us your take on the linebackers? Well, uh, I was going to talk about Patrick Ansawar uh, as one of my guys who I anticipate, you know, really having a good year this year, surprising. And it was for the reasons you said, you know, Mosley played with Mosley. And I, I, I think he'll play with him again because I, as much as I like uh, Williamson, I, I can't, I have to assume that he's just not going to be the same player for a while if he ever gets back to being the same player, which is unfortunate because he is a good ball player. Yeah, as far as the edge guys go, I, you know, Jenkins, I think, is excellent as a number two edge rusher. He's not, he's not, you know, they have to find someone on the other side who's an impact player. I think Jenkins, he's an underrated player. He gets a little better each year. And the funny thing is he's got eight sacks. And you say that some of them are the product of the quarterback being pushed out to him. But he, he works, and he's got a motor. You know, you take a guy like Jadavian Clowney, who wants eight, 20, 17 million bucks, what did he get, three sacks last year? So, so he's, uh, Jenkins is an underappreciated player. we got to find an edge rusher out of either Zuniga or Huff. I'm hoping one of those two – is going to step up. I know Ray is going to talk about Zuniga. I'd like to talk about Huff. I watched both those guys, their game film, for two or three games. And uh, I thought Huff was a better-looking player on film. Uh, he's got a motor more so than uh, Zuniga. He's just more productive, similar size. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't drafted. I don't know why he didn't go to the combine. But who knows how they figure that stuff out. But I'm very excited about him. Okay, and uh, Ray, what's your take on the linebackers? You touched on a couple, but breaking it down, what's your feeling on how they're going to do? Uh, <clears throat> I think I think Avery Williamson is going to be gone. I can't imagine we're going to keep him just if nothing for no other reason than a cap hit. But if he's on the team, hopefully he's back to uh, to a healthy because he was. Uh, very good, and I I was disappointed in Gase for leaving him on the field because I think that cost our defense a lot last year. Uh, I thought the pickup, I'm not even going to try and do his last name, <laughs> Pat from Baltimore, uh, was a great move because probably playing with Mosley is going to be a big help. And some guys aren't meant to be the the quarterback on defense, so if you got to be the play caller and that's not for you, and I don't think it was, I think that affected his play a lot when he doesn't have to think about making calls and and that 
I think he could be a, uh, a big surprise for our defense. Uh, <clears throat> Mosley, you know, I'm just hoping that that isn't a lingering thing. Guys tend to tweak a groin and it seems to happen again and again. So I really hope he's back to full speed. And the little we got to see of him last year, he really looked like he was, uh, he was everything we had hoped he'd be. Um, I don't know about Cashman. I don't think Louvu will be there. I'm interested to see what Bryce Huff does. I, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to him at all, even after they drafted him, because, you know, I, I think anybody who makes the team as a, as an undrafted free agent, that's a, that's a bonus for them. And hopefully they're a surprise for us. Well, wait, let me just say, I, I think Cashman is going to be back. I think he showed something. <coughs> Excuse me. I thought he played horrible. I mean, it was ridiculous against the Patriots. Wherever he lined up, yeah. Tom Brady threw to the guy, whoever he was covering. It was ridiculous. But he showed something. I think just because, you know, he's in the uh, rookie salary situation, I think he's going to stay there. Except that, you know, he's had shoulder problems his whole career in college, and that's what happened last year too. So um, that's, the, that's the question. And you're right. He, there's a chance he might not be there. But I, I kind of think he sticks. Ralph, let's talk about the secondary. Um, this kind of is uh, the monkey on our back, going back to all the way to when, you know, Darrell Rivas was here the first time. But, um, and actually when he teamed with uh, Antonio Cromartie, I think that was uh, one of our best defensive uh, secondaries we've had. Yeah. Give us your take. Well, uh, go ahead. I'll tell you, Marty, you know, it's, it's, it's two different worlds between the safeties and the corners. As far as the cornerbacks go, I think – I'd have a better chance of winning Powerball than predicting who the starting cornerbacks are going to be for this team this year. I mean, they have so many guys, none of whom are really proven, except maybe Brian Poole. I think he's going to be the slot guy. But if you can tell me for sure who the cornerbacks are, I would love to, I would love to hear. Um, well, I'll tell you, I mean, I'm just going by the depth chart. They put, well, they haven't even put out a depth chart. These are depth charts other people put out. Pierre Desir and bless Austin, which makes sense to me now, right now. That makes sense to me. I'm not saying they're great, but I don't know who else I would put in there, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know if Bryce Hall is going to be 100%. I personally don't think he will be. Um, but Pierre Desir signed, I believe, a one-year contract. I think he's going to start. Bless Austin, he showed us some things. Uh, if he comes back, um, and again, I mean, it seems to me like he could be a head case too, but if he takes it serious and we get a lot out of him, he's very talented. I think those two are the starters. I'm not saying they're good, but I know they picked up uh, Quincy Wilson, who's a past second round pick. I don't know too much about him. Everyone, all the guys, Jet fans and Jet um, uh, beat reporters that look at everything, you know, half full is saying that he's going to fit into the system. I don't know that. Nate Hairston, he showed us something in three games, but then the rest of the games he was terrible. So um, you're right when you say, like, it's – it's uh, Arthur Millette, you forgot about him. I know, Arthur Millette, who actually I like. So as far as the defensive uh, – the secondary, um, you're right. It's kind of up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, Jamal Adams and Marcus May. I mean, the word is that, you know, he might not be around come to the trade deadline, which I, I don't know if it's going to be November 1st this year or not. 
Well, so um, I haven't. I, yeah, I'm, but but as far as the safeties go, up until that point, we know we pretty much know who's going to start, and probably right. Carter's going to be the first guy off uh, the bench, and or, or probably be in a lot of different packages. So I think safety, you know, is is a fairly uh, stable position for them. Now, Ray, let me ask you this: with the secondary, um, Ashton Davis, who they have high hopes for, he has played some defensive back, but from what I've read on him, he's not the best tackler. Is there any chance that if he shows a lot in training camp, the Jets move him as a rookie to one of the defensive back positions? I think they'll put him wherever they think they can use him. I think Greg Williams and I think Greg Williams will use him all over the place. Uh, I think his speed allows him to be a DB. Uh, Cromartie wasn't a great tackler either, but uh, uh, he got uh, he got by without being one. Uh, the whole the whole point's going to be is do we have guys who can uh, make plays, not get burned on a regular basis? Try not to you know haul a guy down every time you're getting beat. Um, we had way too many penalties out of the DBs that just kept drives going, and uh, we need to be you know more. Uh, you know, that's why the rushing the passer is going to be so important because the longer these guys are out there, obviously the harder it is to stay with a, a receiver for that length of time. But we have more talent than last year, and I'm looking for them to be improved. And, yeah, I think Ashton Davis could be a big part of that. Marty, uh, I, I watched film of Ashton Davis, and I, his tackling looked pretty good to me, a lot better than – and Cromartie's ever was. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I saw him put some good hits on. I, I'm not he, – he, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. You know, maybe, uh, you know, a little more technique, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about that. Okay, then look, maybe I was, uh, I was misinformed. All right, now we're going to – anybody else want to say anything as a whole, the defense? Let's just uh, go one by one. And uh, before we get into each of us have picked two players, but – Let's say who thinks they're going to be either a top five or a top 10 defensive te- on defense this year. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to say they're going to be a top five defense this year. Well, when you say top five, do you mean like what's that? You're talking about points uh, allowed or? Uh, However they or combine as, it with points, yeah. yardage, right, your combined rushing yeah. and, and receiving. I think they're a top five defense this year. Nah, I wouldn't. I'll say top 10. Right. Yeah. Top 10 at best, I think, and unless the, the DBs surprise us and, and really are vastly improved, I can't see him being a top five. Okay. All right, now out of the defense, uh, we're each going to pick uh, two players who we think uh, might be underrated or might really have a, um, an impact that other, other people might not think be in, have an impact. So, Ray, why don't you start? What two did you pick and tell us why? Well, with the uh, one exceeding expectations, I, I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to say Zuniga is finally going to be the, the edge rusher we've been hoping for, for since John Abraham left. <clears throat> and if I'm wrong, hopefully Ralph's right about Bryce, uh, Bryce uh, Hall. Huff, and, yeah. Bryce Huff. And uh, I think, you know, he's, he's been injured. It's hard. It was hard to go by his senior year at Florida, but everything you read says he's uh, – He's somebody who can make a difference. I'm hoping he's uh, going to turn into the edge rusher we've been looking for. He's got the size. He's got the speed to come off the edge. Um, but we've heard that before. So I'm just 
going out on a limb and picking that one as a flyer. Now, as far as who's going to take a step back, I think Jordan Jenkins is actually the guy that I'm afraid might take a step back, either because he won't have as much playing time or because, uh, you know, he's just been – he's a little bit inconsistent. He's 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 been good over the years, and he's shown improvement, but I don't know if he's good if, – if he's hit his – plateau or not I, I look for maybe he's gonna either flatten out or even take a step back all right so you picked one who's gonna take a step forward and one who's gonna take a step back um i probably misunderstood the instructions because i think two players <laughs> take the step forward well we want more taking a step forward anyway so okay. keep with your step forward <laughs> that said ralph let me go and tell you, i'll tell you who i picked um <laughs> i'm sorry i picked queen and williams and i'll tell you why uh, I think he was excellent on the run last year. I I remember that he hurt his ankle a little bit. There were rumors that he couldn't put pressure on. I thought the last four games, I thought he played excellent. And I know a couple of those games, it was against Miami and Cincinnati, and they had a weak offensive line. But I really think he's going to take a big step. He's only going to be 21. And I think when a lot of people – uh, constantly comparing him to Leonard Williams. And to me, it's apples and oranges. I'm telling you, on a couple of plays, one in the preseason and one during the season, I literally, literally saw him like pick up an offensive lineman, move him and make a play. So I really think if uh, he could, he's got to overcome this gun issue, which I hope he will. I hate to bring that up. I hope he doesn't get suspended, but I think he's going to make a huge step forward. The second player, I want to mention, and I did a lot of research, and James Burgess ended up having a very good year. And there were a few uh, games where he literally was all over the place. And I liked him. I, it was between him and Terrell Basham that I was going to pick as my second player. There's one stat, Ray and Raph, I want to tell you about. For linebackers, which I think – I love this stat, and I think it's very important. It's called TFL, Tackles for Loss. And what that means is that when the offensive line, you know, they'll stand up – oh, I'm sorry, defensive line stands up the offensive line, these linebackers will plug the holes. Just a couple of things. I, I looked at the three all-pro linebackers. Bobby Wagner, Seattle, had seven tackles for losses. Uh, Eric Kendricks of the Vikings had four. He had in 15 games. And our old buddy, Demario Davis, had 11 in 16 games. Talking about Demario Davis, not to digress – <laughs> what is it about Jet linebackers? Demario Davis and Jonathan Vilma, when they leave the team, they either make all pro or they win a Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. But anyway, so those three all pros, uh, they had seven, 11, and four. James Burgess had nine tackles for losses in 10 games. And I think that's tremendous. And I'm looking for him to really take another step. And the incredible thing is he's been all around the league. So I think he might have found a good home. And I'm looking forward to watching him in the upcoming season. Ralph, why don't you go? Yeah, I hope you're right about Burgess. You know, I, I, I know what you say, saw him. And I, I agree with you uh, that there is definitely potential. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Got it. Um, so I was going to talk about uh, Fadakese because I, I like to challenge myself with pronunciations. You know, he was a sixth-round pick out of UConn, and again, we have to give uh, McCagnan a little credit for that. Uh, he, uh, 
he came on at the end of the year. You know, there was one play against Miami. I don't know if you remember this. He took the center and he pushed the center back into the running back and knocked them down. He never even touched the running back and got a tackle I, I, on that play. It looked like Chris Jenkins. It was yeah, very I, impressive. I, I, I think that the, play. Yeah. Right. I think this guy is feeling his oats. And uh, I really think that, you know, he's going to uh, take the place uh, of Snacks Harrison, you know, that we, we haven't had someone like that for a few years. As far as the other guy I was going to talk about, Patrick Ansawa, we, we kind of covered it with his uh, experience with Mosley. And I, I think he will be able to duplicate that. Of course, you know, the big question is, is Mosley going to, uh, you know, be the same player? Yeah, we hope so, because he's, he's crucial to the success of the team. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I talked about Bryce Huff, too, and I, I, I think uh, there's a real possibility that he could surprise. Ray, you, what do you got? What well, he's you already got? gone. I went first. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. You went first. Okay, that's my mistake. Okay, we're going to uh, wrap this up. I had one more thing I could have gone through very quickly. Uh, if I could find my papers, it would be a miracle. I was just going to ask, Ralph, you weren't on the year when we did it. But there were a few players. I just wanted to read their names. And you just tell me, and Ray, I'm going to pick uh, other players. And you just tell me if you think they're on the, on the roster on um, uh, September 1st. You ready? I'm going to start with one. And you might have, Ray mentioned him, though, Avery Williamson. Uh, yeah, I do think he'll be on the roster. Ray? I'm going to say no. Yeah, we, spoke, we did this on another podcast. Yeah, I'm going to say no, too. I don't think he's there. Here's one for you guys. Uh, David Fails. I hope not. No, I don't think he will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Go ahead, depending Ray. On, uh, depending on Joe Flacco, I'll, you know, if Flacco is ready to go on day one, then no. But if he's not, then yes. I don't think he's going to be, and I'll tell you why. I think that their roster – is so improved that um, they're going to need that spot. So I, I don't think he's going to be uh, on the team. All right, here's one for you guys. Nate Hairston. Uh, I say no. I, they just have, they have a lot, a lot of cornerbacks there. I just think it's a numbers game. Ray? That's a bubble one to me. I, I'll go with no, but I won't be surprised if he is. I mean, it just you got to see how some of these guys shake out and if some of them are healthy enough to be even. Sure. Some might be on the pub list. Um, I don't think he's there. I and I happen to like Arthur Millette. So if it's something like between those two guys, I, personally, I'd rather have Millette. But I don't think he's going to be there. I think if it's between him and Quincy William uh, Wilson, they're going to give Wilson a shot. All right. Now the next player, I actually have two players. Um, I put them together, and you'll see why. And I'll start with Ray. <laughs> they're both undrafted free agents. Tell me you think they're on the either roster or practice squad, one or the other or both, on September 1st. Wide receiver Lawrence Cager and wide receiver George Campbell. Two undrafted free agents. Yeah, I can I see that one coming. Go ahead, Ray. Um, I would say I don't think they'll both – I think one might make the practice squad. I don't think they both will. I don't think either one will be on the roster. Eddie – choice of who makes the practice squad. You know, Cage is the tall guy. Campbell, I think, might be a little faster. Any uh, guesses? I, I would 
I would uh, lean towards Campbell being on the practice squad, but I, I don't know. It could be either as far as I'm concerned. Ralph, what do you say? Uh, I, I kind of agree with Ray. I, I, I hope it's Campbell. He's got more upside. He was a five-star recruit who just had a lot of injuries. And he's pretty tall too, Marty. Plus, he's extremely fast. Cager is just a, a, a possession guy, a red zone guy. So I'm, I'm going to say Campbell. One of the negatives on Cager is that he has very small hands. Um, I hate to be negative Nancy, but I don't think either of them make the team, to be honest with you, or make the practice squad. And uh, I hope I'm wrong because as uh, sports fans, we love when guys come through the system and develop into something. All right, here's the last one. I just threw it in. Just tell me you think he's going to be on the roster on September 1st. Uh, Marcus May. Ralph? On September 1st? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. Ray? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, I, if, if anything, he might be a cap – or not a cap hit, a, a trade, trade deadline casualty, but I don't see him going before that. Yeah, I, I, I think he sticks also. Um, uh, whether he's there, like we said, during the trade line, I don't know. Okay. All right, so, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, Ray Clifford and Ralph Schrager. Uh, for Green Rewind, until next time, welcome and have a great night, guys.